And welcome everyone to another exciting episode of the Croissant Pulse. We are exactly 185 days away till the last Jedi hits theaters. It is June 12th, 2017. It is hot as hell out here in Chicago. This is episode 73 and with me as always is James and David. Give me the daka. Yeah, it's hot as hell in New Jersey too. It really sucks. I miss winter. Yeah, it's it's in the 90s and the wind just blows heat. It's like... uh Got some Tatooine over here. It's just oppressive heat. But anyway. Hey, at least we don't have sand. It gets everywhere. It's coarse. Poor lava. The two things that Anakin loves the most. No wonder I felt about lava. I thought it was younglings. Ah! Uh, just ask the younglings that. More story points that uh, could have been better flushed out. You know, we don't know how Anakin ever felt about lava. Yet he was on his planet. Yeah, we don't know. Rogue One added more mysteries to that plot. But anyway, we're going to talk about... Uh, some stuff we're going to recap a little here uh what we talked about last episode with the possible unofficial official forum mod uh red leader Antilles comment on our last episode here so we're going to go through a couple of his comments uh, on our last episode but before we do remember last time we had talked about uh whether or not lucas had planned out all six or nine stories ahead of time and i found a interview on youtube i believe it's on the episode one disc like behind the scenes and Lucas, and I'm paraphrasing, you know, says uh, that he had the original, you know, one, two, three, the prequels, but decided that they were too sad. So he started with four, five, six, even though four was entitled four when it came out or a new hope, I believe. Then we had article yesterday from Pablo or last episode saying Pablo Hidalgo said that someone had interviewed him and the story grew from the original trilogy. So I honestly have no idea. We need like a Senate inquiry to find out with george lucas was it all planned from the get-go was it a loose outline whatever the real question is what did george lucas know and when did he know it exactly we need we need hard answers and we i don't know if we're ever going to get them but i've i've seen nothing but conflicting reports on both sides so i don't know tom would you be willing to step in a special console we do need some sort of independent, like, super Star Trek fan council that is unbiased. Uh, if it's a Star Trek fan council, it'll likely be biased to make it as most, uh, as damaging as possible. You know what, that, that's why it needs to be a Babylon 5 fan. Yes. Oh, very good, yes. Or Battlestar. You know, you could probably get away with the Stargate fan, too. I won't recognize a Battlestar independent council. Why would you not recognize it? Uh, maybe I don't want to know. I bring your attention to the last three episodes of that series, sir. <laughs> everything past the boxing episode is just a sin against television the last three episodes of that series were um i don't have a word to describe my feelings i'm sure i'm sure there is a word in german that would properly describe my feelings it's called bullshit but yeah so i don't know because i i had heard that david brought that up yesterday in our link of the old speculation articles for our last episode that were fun and Pablo had also said, hey, these things aren't planned out, I believe, in uh, reference. I think they had mentioned that in the Vanity Fair article. Again, paraphrasing, but uh, yeah, so it's, it, it's very it was confused. mentioned there, and then Rian Johnson doubled down on it on Twitter when a fan asked him. Yeah, but I, as I said, there's a you know an interview where he's talking about writing it in his office, and he's in the interview he's like, ah, if I only had an idea. Now it could just be for that story, you know, you know the actual arc, but how do you get the story? moving within that arc is its own issue so i mean there's like contradictory ev i don't know <laughs> so we'll, we'll get on the independent council and have some sort of a fake mock uh, election or something or inquiry here on the course on pulse maybe one day for feeling ambitious 
Hmm, that could be interesting. Who'd we get to to moderate that? Yeah, it's probably me. I'm fair and balanced, I swear. You, sir, are a bald faced liar. Well we'd have to be we'd have to vet you, but that's a possibility. I mean, uh James and I, I'm obviously at one end of the spectrum, James is at the other. So I mean we could lead case four against. I don't know. Do you feel strongly one way or the other there, James? I don't want to put words in your mouth directly. I don't necessarily feel strongly one way or the other, but uh don't worry, if you make an argument, James is enough of a contrarian that he'll, like, start fighting like hell just to make it that way. I, I prescribe to the red team mindset. Basically, if there's nine, ten guys in a room all agreeing, one th- and nine of them agree, I'm the one guy that disagrees. It's a good mindset to have. 33% of the time. So yeah, so we're the leader until he went on. He had a couple comments here. But most importantly is he agreed. he agreed with me. Which is, that's all I want to hear. Isn't that your, your goal in life? To be agreed with? No, he agrees with me at least on the far, uh, part of uh, they need some sort of ongoing threat in the Star Wars universe. Talked to a couple people about this who are non-Star Wars fans, you know, because Star Wars comes up in a conversation with nerds or dweebs or whatever we're called. Some have agreed, some have given dissenting opinions with like something completely different, and I said what, and they said they don't know, so okay. This is a solution to that sort of problem. But I don't know, is there anything else you guys want to pick out of uh, his comments there? I know I just went to the one that praised me, but uh... You know, there was actually the one right after where he, he said that he was with you, where they he specifically calls out that, you know, to be fair, we're not huge fans of The Force Awakens. Like, it was a fine movie, but it's nothing that I get super excited about most of the time. Uh, something he specifically popped up was that Ray, Poe, and Kylo all have these like super huge like marketing backs behind them, but Finn really doesn't. And I'm with him that I think Finn deserves a bit more love from the Star Wars marketing department because honestly, like Daisy Ridley is is great at promoting Ray and promoting Star Wars, but. I haven't seen another actor aside from uh, John Boyega be as pumped that he is in Star Wars. So it's one of those things where, uh, like, we're going to talk about it in a little bit. But, you know, with what he did at E3 with Battlefront 2, like, I'm pretty, pretty pumped about that. And he seems like, I, I know that at least part of it is a facade. Because he is an actor, but his enthusiasm for Star Wars is one of those things that makes me love the new stuff, even if I know it's not the greatest, you know, cinematically, if that makes sense. You're not wrong, but the marketing department's probably like, this guy loves it so much, and he's going to be... We'll just let him hype it? Yeah, exactly. They're going to just be like, let him hype it, because he's going to speak to all the fanboys already, so we don't have to market him. Yeah. I liked the character Finn. I just didn't like its execution. I think John Boyega's a good actor. Especially uh, Oscar Isaac. He's a really great actor. Yeah, Daisy Ridley's, you know, competent. She's she's fine. Yeah, I, I would agree. Maybe we'll get more out of Finn. He had a very interesting background. I just didn't like how he was played. He was kind of too well, happy-go-lucky for you. He was kind of popped up in the middle of nowhere. You know, another another example might be from The Lord of the Rings. He felt like two towers or maybe even return of the king gimli where you know gimli went from in the first in the fellowship he was kind of the hard ass but once the hobbits got split up and started having more mature stories he became the comic sidekick to legolas and aragorn 
Yeah, and he kind of lightened up over time. Like, I would have liked to have seen... Because, you know, Gimli was hanging out with dwarves the whole time and kind of dwarves are dwarves. He starts associating with other people and the hobbits and, you know, uh, starts to uh, lose some of his uh, cultural stubbornness and, you know, hard-assness. Finn, I think, towards the end of the film should have been more humorous and maybe developed a sense of humor over time. But someone who was a conscripted or kidnapped child soldier trained from birth... He was really upbeat and happy, and he didn't seem too trained or knowledgeable in equipment or anything. Yeah, I think something that, like, just for me and where I see Finn going, I actually see him down the reverse path of Gimli, where as instead of him getting more, like, jolly as time goes on, I feel like his character arc is going to be darker. Like, I feel like after everything that happened, I feel like he's going to be much more angry and aggressive. Yeah, I can see that happening. I think it'd be neat. Yeah, definitely the uh, turncoat stormtrooper who sees the horrors of war and decides he's on the wrong uh, team. I mean, that's an interesting character idea. Yeah, imagine if he becomes disillusioned with the rebellion as well, or with the resistance as well. He just hate. He just hates war. Maybe he's a he's a pacifist that doesn't know he's a pacifist. But he has such a cool goddamn gun. I mean, I mean, cool gun aside. He was interesting as opposed to Ray, who's a mystery enigma, and Poe, who's really good pilot man. Out of those three, I'd like I like the Finn character the most. He had the most depth and yeah, he definitely has the most compelling backstory that exists so far. Poe is like you know cares, and Ray is the J.J. Abrams mystery box nonsense. So whatever, we'll we'll learn it soon enough. Yeah, like Ray can have a good backstory. Like, it, it's definitely possible. J.J. Abrams just didn't give us that. Yeah, it's it's possible. So, uh, we'll, you know, not counting them all out yet. I, I Like I said, I would like to know more about Poe. Uh, you can definitely tell that they didn't plan for him to live too long. Learn that fact after the movie came out. I mean, he was definitely... I, I think they said he was supposed to die in the TIE fire, and then uh, yeah. they were like, uh, he tested well, we want to keep him. Yeah, and you can totally tell that that was that type of decision, which is... It wasn't as bad as it could have been. No, but it wasn't good. Yeah, because I also want to know, okay, if that was the plan, how the hell do they destroy, like, the Ilum base? Not Ilum base, Starkiller base. You, no, you were right the first time. <laughs> he could be right, we don't know. But really, you're wrong. I mean, isn't it obvious? The Millennium Falcon just, like, blows it up for reasons. For stuff and things. Exactly. I mean, there's always a way to blow it up. Or it would have been Snap Wexley saving the day. Yay. All the kids love Snap. I mean, I know as much about Snap Wexley as I do about Poe Dameron. I know a hell of a lot more about Snap Wexley than Poe Dameron. Yeah, if you you read the Chuck Wendig books, you'd know a lot about Snap Wexley. Probably probably more than I care for, because if you remember our take on Snap Wexley, and, and I think... Almost every character in the Aftermath books on the Rebellion side were just like, can someone just fucking kill these people? <laughs> like, just beat them. Yeah, although I, I, I am happy to, happy that um, in one of the latest Poe Dameron comics, Snap kept Mr. Bones' personality. I, I did find that one specifically amusing. I was like, dude, you're like a 33-year-old guy now, and you still carry around this personality from a robot you created when you were a kid you get a girlfriend it's not like he's actively modding it no but it's like oh i always have it just for safe you know just in case if anything that to me felt like a big hero 6 like callback i admit you lost me i haven't seen big hero 6 i'm sorry 
<laughs> it is one of those things where on Pixar's quest to kill every member of, you know, a, a nuclear family at some point in a movie. <laughs> ah. But yeah, like, it, Betamax is is essentially a personality chip left behind by the guy's brother or something like that. Spoilers for, I don't know how old now that Pixar movie is. That's alright. I mean, it's at least over a year old, so people can deal with it. I don't know what you're talking about, so it's it's fine. I don't care if it's ruined. Fuck it, I say. Well, you also don't care for spoilers ever, so. Yeah, I could read it, yeah. But I appreciate other people's, but I don't know what that is, you know. Like, we had a spoiler for the Dark Tower series, which is like a 12-series book, and they're making a movie of that. It's coming out, or they made a movie. It's coming out in August. And uh, we had a spoiler for the entire 12-book series on the uh, Dumpstat Radio podcast, which I had to remove. Did uh, We never said, hey, spoilers. Oops! Yeah, yeah, we don't want to ruin that for someone. They would fucking kill us. But anyway, he, oh, well, you see, just more proof that Red Leader Antilles is not me by uh, proxy. He does disagree with me here, or maybe this is a uh, false flag, uh, about the KOTOR trilogy, or an adaptation of KOTOR. Yeah, I saw that. It was a false flag. Uh, I think that that they're agreeing with me, though, that if they do bring in Revan or any of the other major storylines from Night Seal Republic, even if they keep the names, the characters and the situation are going to be wildly different just because of the way that they do them. They would have to be. Yeah, and I wouldn't wouldn't be too mad at that. I kind of understand. It'd be like the difference between, from what I've heard, with some uh, Marvel comic stuff and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's sort of... The same, you know, it depends on what character it is, but, uh, yeah. No, I will say, though, that they they really do seem to be allergic in a lot of ways to, like, it, it, it's the point he makes here where the story group does as well, but they seem really hesitant to redo or adapt anything from Legends. Thrawn being a very notable exception to that. Almost everything else about canon that got thrown out has stayed thrown out. Yeah, apart from ships, some planets, I mean, just a couple minor things, not huge yeah, plot elements. Yeah, l- like, they're borrowing details, yeah. but they're not borrowing plot lines. In a small, small way, they might borrow characters, but Thrawn is actually the only character I can think of that they're borrowing from canon. But, like, appearances, costumes, uh, little details here and there, like, they're sprinkling those in fairly liberally, but we're really not seeing anything that's like hugely impactful from a plotline standpoint like they're not rehashing any old story or bringing any other old story back to canon yeah i would i agree with you 100% you know and these are things that are more in the ancillary uh fictions and stuff the only thing I can think of that was actually in a movie that was from an old canon thing was uh, the Hammerhead ship. Yeah, and even then, that was that was something that you know wasn't Rebels that got brought in as you know, at, and it got brought in you know as a Hammerhead ship, but it was not brought in as the same. Um, it wasn't brought in as the same ship. Like those weren't ships from the old Republic. Those were those were the flagship elements of the old Iranian Navy. I, I, I'm going to disagree with you guys a little bit here. You know, to be contrarian. You son of a bitch. Hey, I've agreed with you guys more than enough. Um, but, so, I agree they haven't really wholesale taken any of those plots from the legends, but they've definitely not just sprinkled in things here and there liberally. They, they alright, so, we don't officially know who ray is right 
like backstory or anything else. Oh god. <laughs> Officially. We all kind of have an idea uh, based on some spoilers that were out, plus, you know, beliefs, etc., etc. You tell me that they did not totally steal some of the the concept and visualization between um, the Solo Twins fighting for Rey and Kylo fighting. Because the Star Wars fanboy and me that read those books and read about how everything that led up to that was like, huh. This feels similar. This feels um like I've read this before. Ugh. I'm just hoping they're not twins. I, I'm not up with those spoilers, but God, I hope not. No, no, the spoilers would say that they are not twins. So, uh, in defense, it doesn't look like Lucasfilm's going that route, but let's... let's. We don't know yet. This It's too soon to tell. I can't, I can't imagine them doing that. They wouldn't be twins, but they could be brother and sister. I think they, the ages were already set. Like, he's in his 30s and she's in her early 20s. Well, how about this? A friend brought this up to me and I thought this was a valid point. I haven't read too much liter- literature to confirm this. I've read literature against this here and there, but nothing directly saying so. What if you? What if we don't learn about Ray's origin or who or what Snoke is in Episode Eight? What if we have to wait till 9? How would you feel? I would feel cheated. I want you- if you don't answer at least one of those questions, I would honest to God feel cheated. Yeah, one needs an answer. You don't need both. In fact, I think doing both would be almost a disservice to them both. I feel like you need one fully answered with maybe like hints at the second. Yeah, I agree with James. One one with hints at the second, a little bit of string to where maybe we could guess it, but not the whole thing etched out. Or at least I could work with that. Or at least a reveal to be like, oh, I can't wait until the next one because this, this, and this is going to happen. Yeah, like I was going to I was gonna say like maybe the end third of the end scene of the movie gives you a big reveal that you have to stew on. That's not the Luke reveal. <laughs> the, a reveal that answers questions but doesn't answer but all also, of them. Fuck over everybody who watched that film. A reveal that gives you more questions than answers but answers enough questions that makes you excited. You understand that, Lucasfilm? It's real simple. Answer the question by not answering it. That's all you have to do. Don't don't make me draw you a flowchart. I'll draw you a flowchart, Lucasfilm. Yeah, we need Venn diagrams and all sorts of things. <laughs> Hold on, let me get a MS project. So yeah, so we got uh we got uh sidetracked. Sidetracked, but no, I mean that's that was a question I thought was we could entertain. No, I agree. But uh yeah, I don't I don't see any major plot things from the old canon uh, universe going in apart from little trinkets of information ships, little planets. The biggest thing was the chiss, but that was a- attached to Thrawn. And even that wasn't wholly flushed out. I mean, they kept some decent portions of his backstory depending on one certain point of view. But I mean, we could be very well be getting a repeat of uh the Vong here. You know, there there could be the Something very similar to the Vong coming in the main uh, 8 and 9. Yes, yes. We could be on the super weapon of the weak path. By default, aren't we already? They they already had a new super weapon that was blown up in this trilogy. Yeah, so yeah, we're already step one and onto that pathway. Uh, we could be very well be dealing with a clone Papeltine. Unlikely, God. but we don't know yet. That, that, that actually made me get a little annoyed. So, yeah, we might have more people jumping ship than just me if episode eight's terrible. I th- I'm starting to turn you both, I hope. Oh, no, I, I'm actually enjoying the novels and the like. Damn so it. that end, you know, I, I again, I am enjoying what Lucasfilm animation is doing. So I'm I'm on board. Yeah, I'm too big of a fanboy to jump. Sorry, Tom. Oh, no, I'll get you. 
get you my pretties. Well, I mean, if you start a, a uh, Battlestar Galactica podcast. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> so, yeah, so we appreciate your feedback, Red Letter and Tillies, but hey, we want to hear from more. Uh, of course, we always want to hear from Red Leader on official, official form mod. But then uh, we also want to hear from others. Uh, go ahead, send us an email, Facebook, SoundCloud, and our brand new uh, PuppetStateMedia.what website? Dot com. Dot com. Hey, hey. Go ahead. Leave a comment on an episode. The big thing we want to talk about this week was, David kind of hinted at it earlier, with E3, with uh, John Boyega being there. What were they previewing there at E3? They were previewing the multiplayer Star Wars Battlefront 2. Which was very strange because, you know, just to to kick things off, weirdest thing that was there was the fact that they, in the press conference piece, kept talking about cinema quality stories and then gave us the demo for for multiplayer. So I'm not the only one that noticed that. No, not in the least. Yeah, I was like, all right. You're having a great presser with the cinema quality stories. Oh, we're going to get like a, 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 a 10 minute cutscene. Uh, what? This isn't cutscene cinema telling. This is gameplay. Yeah. You know, before we move on to what was actually shown on the multiplayer, which very promising in my opinion. Um, You know, just so you guys know, they actually did have a, a 10 minute demo of the single player that was shown uh, and cl- behind closed doors to members of the media. Oh. Do we have any, like, reactions as to what to expect? Not what to expect, but yay, nay? A couple people did, and it was generally positive. Well, that makes me hopeful. Well, that's great. They had their own little secret closed-door session that, uh, you know, you want when you're trying to sell and say, hey, we made good on a faulty product. Way to go, guys idiots well i'm sure that we're gonna get like a public reveal of it at some point soon i don't yeah i don't get uh, i don't get all the marketing nonsense it's more infuriating tell me what product you're gonna fucking sell me well i think the thing is is the even the multiplayer at e3 is what they labeled as pre-alpha which means pre-alpha means that things that are in it have not been completed uh so for example it was pre-alpha because it's not feature complete yet. And it's not close to feature complete. Like, for example, Boba Fett did not have his flamethrower. Well, that's fine. Just go ahead and put, you know, this is pre-alpha on it, and I'll know that, you know. You will. We will. The average public will be like, this looks like shit. Yeah, well, then they're idiots. Yes, but they have to market to idiots. Bow to the lowest common denominator. It's going to bring you all down. I mean, that that's what marketing does. Marketing bows to the lowest common denominator to get more people in the door. It's infuriating. But anyway, so what did you guys think of the multiplayer? Well, I mean, a couple of my takeaways were um, the first one, it's a positive for me and a negative. So the, the plus side is it looks like they, um, they got rid of the whole concept of picking up a vehicle. Like, oh, I'm going to run to the, the uh, TIE Fire symbol so I can get the TIE Fire. It looks like they've done away with that, which I think is both good and bad. So now the way you get is by earning points um, to kind of like in-game, not in-game currency, but almost like Call of Duty, like the first couple Call of Duties when you when you first were introduced to kill streaks. You know, you get your three kills, you get your UAV, stuff like that. The more you do in the game, either um, like objective-based or just killing-based, the more points you earn, it lets you unlock certain things. Um, so you at some point will unlock your fighter if that's one of your unlocks. 
You know, to, to jump in here and make things a little bit clearer, it, it's actually, from what I saw, a little bit closer to some Counter-Strike 2 gameplay mechanics, uh, specifically where, you know, you, you're gaining currency in the match for things to power you up during the match. Since I haven't played Counter-Strike, that is probably a better analogy. But I actually viewed it as a as a as a very positive, and the reason for that is because you know I don't think it's going to to get absolutely nuts, because I believe that they are still including caps on the number of vehicles or heroes that can be played at any given time on any given map. I mean, they have to do that just from processing computer reasons and power reasons. The negative that I see is because if I understood this correctly, you get to upgrade your your um unlocks so you're using your in-game currency to buy your unlock of your tie fighter we'll say and that tie fighter is something that you have customized to be you know it's not just it could be more souped up than an average tie fighter did and did i get that wrong dave no uh, or we really don't know what these persistent unlocks are going to look like but Right, everything that you're saying so far seems correct, except it's not just your unlocks, it's also your regular classes. And your heroes. And your heroes, yes. I find that to be slightly negative, because I feel like it could lead to um, some really shitty gameplay. And by that, I mean is you, you get somebody who's really fucking good at the game, happens to be in your match, and game over. Just, just It's going to suck, and you have people rage quitting. See, I think as insane as it is, they sort of had that in some of the demos that I watched. Rage quitting? No, but about one guy essentially dominating the match with, with a vehicle unlock. And that that will break the game. I don't think so, because it didn't in in the previous games. And it doesn't in Battlefield, in my opinion, anyway. Okay, so... It may not, but it has the potential to. Yeah, but I think that that's something that they can mitigate fairly easily. I mean, I, I, personally, I feel like time will tell on that. Uh, hopefully, you're right, Dave. Yeah. Well, Don't worry, I normally am. Uh, uh, a little bit of humble pie. Bang! How's that humble pie? I don't know, why don't you take a taste? Thanks, no thanks. I'm full. But, so, I think it's positive, though. Like, I, I, I love the idea of having persistent classes and persistent upgrades of certain things. Because one of my biggest complaints with Battlefront was, oh, yay, I have a gun. My gun shoots better than that gun. Yay, I can jump higher. You know, actually, going back to, to your comment about, hey, I have a better gun now. One of the things that really struck me was the fact that in this new game, it feels like just from like the little snapshots that I saw, it feels like the guns have a much stronger identity than they did in the past. And in the past, I mean, than they did in Battlefront 1. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That That's what I got from that, too. I was like, holy shit. Like that battle, the the super battle droid, the B2, I was like, that gun looks a lot more pimp than, say, just the regular blaster rifle. And I, I overheard one of the game players saying, yeah, that's an officer. You, it's for those gamers that aren't maybe necessarily as good at, as good at killing anymore, but they, 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 they help boost in other ways. And I'm sitting there going, that's me. Yeah, and it just seems like there's a lot more variety, um, especially with the class-based system in terms of methods to actually play the game. Something that I am a little bit concerned about, honestly, though, is the heroes. Why is that? 
Because you know how how I was just saying that I don't think that the vehicle pieces are going to allow people to simply take over a game. I do not feel the same way about heroes. I think that the heroes could completely take over a game. And granted, it looks like they are fairly expensive. Like, so to get a special class in the in this pre-alpha version, it was like 2,000 battle points. To play a hero was 5,000. Granted, again, this is pre-alpha. They set things up so that people could see and test things, so it's possible that the hero, like, number that you're going to need is way higher than that. But at the same time, you know, if it is, like, only two or three times the amount for a hero character it's gonna get kind of goofy pretty quick because you're going to have darth maul running around constantly and at the moment the heroes don't appear to be super well balanced against each other like it looks like like i haven't seen ray be useful in the demo in any of the matches that i saw i have seen boba fett and darth maul fucking wreck house i would prefer if they uh kind of kept the characters at the same level maybe a little bit stronger than like the uh than the kit classes in battlefield one you know if you're good with a couple of them you can you can get some extra kills be strategic in a certain area for a period of time yeah you could live the whole match as that person but uh you aren't a uh avatar of destruction you know you've not become death destroy of worlds like we had in battlefield one with some people some of those characters were just way off balanced yeah, I think that is actually one the one saving grace that it looks like they incorporated with the batch of heroes this time around. They have not felt super overpowered. Just looked it. Well, they look it from an offensive point of view, but you you remember how fucking pain in the ass it was to actually kill some of those heroes. Yeah, it was better to run the other way. That's not really the case anymore. Like, if you have three or four guys, like, and you see, like, Darth Maul coming at you, you can light his ass up because he only has, like, double the health of a kit class, of a standard class character. Which is good. I mean, you, your strength's gonna be in numbers when you're fighting heroes. Or in vehicles, raining death from above. Which is fine for a battle game. I mean, they aren't exactly 100% canical, you know? These aren't pure canon stories in the game apart from the main story mission i'm talking more so the multiplayer because like you know when did oh, yeah, absolutely when did boba fett lead a clone army against ray on f- fucking naboo that's not gonna happen oh are you talking like narratively like keeping yeah. them to their eras i would like that that'd be interesting to have you know because you have such a depth of field of different characters you could put into each era but then also, uh, it's not going to be 100% accurate for the multiplayer combat. I'd rather be like, I killed Darth Maul too easily. But in the movie, he dropped thousands of battle droids. Or, you know, he could have dropped thousands of battle droids. He was on their side. You know what I mean? I'd rather yeah. it be balanced and have it be accurate to what was in the movies. Oh, fully agreed. And and I think that they actually struck that balance much better from the alpha footage I saw. Yeah, I was did, that, did, yeah. did you get a, a different impression, Tom? No, I, I had the fact that the heroes were good, but they weren't they weren't anywhere near their abilities as in Battlefront One, which I'm completely fine with. Uh, I'd rather it be like Battlefield One, where you you know it's a boost, it's a benefit, but it isn't the end all be all. If used properly by a skilled player who's good with that character's fighting type, you can be effective, but you're you're not this uh, near, nigh unkillable uh, force. Yeah, definitely agreed with you there. The only thing this game needs, it's DICE, it's EA, they need to put their Battlefield Conquest mode 
which was in the old Battlefront games, into this. And then they can come up with, they have this Naboo, these different phases of a battle. That didn't seem as interesting to me. To me, I just put the conquest mode in there. I think that's the one that's going to get the most play. Don't try to come up with something, you know, they did it. I think the operations mode for Battlefield 1 has gotten better. But I still play Conquest 1 because it takes a lot less time on average. And uh, 2, it's just, you know, it's it's a simple, you know, that's been going on since, shit, Battlefield 1942 on the computer way back in the day. Was that old spawn and capture system. People like it. Nothing yeah, wrong it with works. it. It works. You own, you own the rights to that type of layout? Put it in this fucking Star Wars game, please. I couldn't agree more with what you just said. You know, you know it works. You know it's fun. Just fucking do it. Yeah. And then if you want to come up with some silly planetary assault with some other mode you want to experiment, fine, fine. Just make sure you have that conquest mode in there, though. The, the game looks great. I mean, the, the graphics are uh, outstanding. The explosion effects, same with uh, Battlefront 1, I thought were very good. Love the Geomod technology. Uh, hopefully they have more of that in there. I really I get a kick out of that from the uh, Battlef- Battlefield 1 game. An old Battlefield series, for that matter. Uh, so, yeah, it just it looks great. That Frostbite engine, is uh, it, it just makes a game look fantastic. They do good work. Yeah, definitely. I mean, say what you will about Battlefront 1 uh, for the Xbox or PlayStation or computer. Man, was it pretty, and the gun sound effects were good, and uh, everything looked really crisp and sharp. Yeah, it, it's... I don't know. I, I'm... Battle, Battlefront 1 really left such a terrible taste in my mouth, though. Like, it, it's hard to get over it. Well, I mean, we're getting, you know, they, we know that they've listened to us. I mean, partly because it didn't sell as good as uh, they'd hoped. And uh, negative fan feedback for Battlefront. So, you know, you're getting your single player mode. If they put that conquest mode in there, then, you know, that's a home run. That's uh, the story and the conquest mode, I think, are going to make or break this game. I mean, I mean, they, they listen to the sales and, you know, John Boyega. I mean, this is what sells. I mean, your their Battlefield series has been selling, and uh, Battlefield One just took off because Call of Duty is going down this weird, stupid rabbit hole of dumb. So uh, you know, now Call of Duty, look, they're coming out with uh, World War Two. Like, oh, the old style games are selling because they went futuristic. Maybe we'll have to go uh, old, but it's like, hey, it's the mechanics how they set their game up. They could do a Civil War first person shooter. It's it's how they set up uh, the game and how they design it, lay it out. And uh, if they take their time to do it, which they do, they did have the time to work on this one, and it's it's looking good. Then it should be good. And I, I, overall, there really wasn't anything negative that I didn't like. Was there anything for you guys that totally gave you the you know just made you cringe that you saw in any of the footage or anything? Nothing really made me cringe, me personally. Uh, does the response of the audience count? Because holy crap, did the audience no sell? everything that happened on ea stage like it it felt like no one there and and granted they're professional journalists and the like but no one there looked like they gave a flying f about what was going on i mean to be fair like you said they're professional journalists they're all sitting there going man there's so much breaking news at my gaming convention no i mean they're video game reporters i know i i was teasing they see, you know, they, this is what they do all day. It's a job. Something would have to really wow them to wow them. Yeah. Like, we're talking about, like, hey, VR just came out, and here we are with a full-body VR suit. 
or everyone's getting their own stormtrooper uh, uniform or you know look under your seat there's a there's a lightsaber a force effect saber for you and one for you yeah I mean, unless they opened it I guess for me like I I felt like the reception to the first battlefront was actually a lot warmer I mean you could also have buyers remorse you know we liked we were so happy Biofront came back battlefront one we're very happy for and then eh. and then you give us this. Exactly. Now it's like you have to prove yourself. You don't get happiness until you prove it. Yeah, I mean, if they would have been showing this at, like, you know, uh, the Star Wars Celebration or even D23, I'd imagine get a lot more of a fan, re- a lot more of a louder response because you got straight fans in the audience, not press people as much. And if it were uh, held in Texas, maybe you'd get a couple rounds fired off into the year. Yeah! But overall, E3's been collapsing anyway, so. I remember seeing that we were going to get an update for Battlefield 1, and this is just me surmising and coming up with my own stupid opinion theory here, but I thought we were going to get the new DLC expansion this month. That got pushed back to September, and we're getting just a map a month until September. I'm wondering if they delayed that because they were working on Battlefront 2 to have that ready by November. Probably. Yeah, I, I think you're probably right on that, just because, I mean, I know they have a lot of different studios working on things. Yeah. But, you know, EA did just shutter one of their other studios, uh, specifically the one that was in charge of, uh, what was it? It was uh, BioWare Montreal. Uh, they shut that one down after Andromeda released. And so, yeah, I think they might be running a, a smaller ship than normal. Yeah, I don't think they ever said we're coming out with one in June, but it, usually the schedule is one every three months, and that was the time, you know. I don't think they ever gave a date. They gave a release date for information, and on that date, they said, okay, it's coming out in September. I get the need and want to um, pay, you know, not pay, but milk as much money as possible out of people and by adding more content and more content. But do people really still play Battlefront 1 that would deserve anything more? Uh, Yeah, people like me who paid for premium, uh, who thought we were going to get a new DLC every three months that I already paid for. And from their Facebook comments, I'm not the only one. I mean, I, I did pay for premium as well and, and regret it because that game sucked. And I was like, ah. What? Battlefield 1? Oh, ooh. Whoops. Yeah, like, whoops. what the hell are you on, James? <laughs> I was talking about Battlefront 1. I was like, why are we talking about Battlefront 1 getting more content? I've never heard that. Oh, man. James, you need to open up your ears and listen. It is, it is. No, I mean, I'm not going to throw James under the bus completely because it is fucking confusing. It is Battlefront and Battlefield. Yeah, we're talking about two letters. I mean, yeah, I've literally, I've, I have both of the copies on my desk, and I have to look at each one before I say, just to double check. <laughs> like, oh, World War One, Battlefield, Star Wars, Battlefront, okay, talk now. Yeah, so, you know, uh, but hey, we'll see. All they need to do is, uh, yeah, to me, put that Conquest mode in there. I don't even need the single player and uh, dedicated uh, cool updates fighter pilot mode as well or integrating it more into the game actual space battles ship engagements you want to take down on on a, a isd yeah well don't you i i really have to ask what do you guys feel about the fact that they are having three separate studios do three different parts of the game like the team that's developing the single player game is not the team that's doing the multiplayer is not the team that's doing the fighter squadron mode I think if it's done right, it could be epic because if they're having three different studios do their best, their best pieces, so to speak, or it could be fucking a disaster. Yeah, that that's the. I would like the fighter squad. You know, I would like it to be like the old Battlefront uh, Two system. 
where you have no, uh, ship combat. Specifically, the idea behind three studios doing all three different pieces. Yeah, no, I'm I'm fine with that. I just I hope that flying mode is uh, not like what we had before. You mean just shooting down transports? Yeah, that was kind of lame. In the atmosphere, that was not good. You know, Star Wars, everything was in atmosphere. Until, I think, Scarif. Yeah, I still haven't played. You mean in space? No, I think everything was in atmosphere until we got to Scarif. The Scarif um, DLC. Oh, oh, you're talking about the game DLC. I thought you were talking about Star Wars, Star Wars, and making a sarcastic remark. <laughs> now who's not paying attention? I am the ashamed. The shoe is on other foot. No. But yeah, you know, you're, you are wrong there, though. Death Star DLC. God damn it. Oh, yeah, you're right. Granted, I really did not enjoy the Death Star DLC, to be perfectly honest. No, no, it was not good. That's what I want. Uh, that's what I don't want, some stupid mode that it's like, ah, oh, this doesn't work. Yeah, like Scarif worked, in my opinion. Yeah, I haven't played that. It already thinks it's installed, and I don't want to uninstall it and lose all my shit. <laughs> I shouldn't laugh, but that was funny. You, sir, are in a terrible conundrum. Well, no, I just play a different game. He plays Battlefront, Battlefield. Battlefield one. Front. Battlefront Field. Just as long as the stormtroopers aren't fighting for the Kaiser Wilhelm II against droid French robots, I'll be happy. Although, that could make for an interesting story. Steampunk Star Wars. But, uh, yeah, so we're kind of getting off the rails here. I think it's a good place as any to uh, wrap it up before we get into more uh, World War I Star Wars crossover. What do our listeners think of the new Battlefront 2 footage? Let us know. Hit us up at SoundCloud. Uh, hit us up on our Twitter or Facebook page, at Coruscant Pulse. Also, our brand new website, www.puppetstatemedia.com. And uh, go to the Coruscant Pulse, and you will see where you can leave comments. Also, send us an email at CoruscantPulse at gmail.com. We want to know what you think. want to thank again Red Leader Antilles for uh, hitting our comment feed up. And also... Uh, want to go ahead and thank the people that have posted those five-star itunes reviews they help us get noticed if you listen to the show like the show want more people to hear the show tell a friend and uh, leave a five-star comment on itunes it helps the show grow even though we we are having this new web page if you want to leave a, a comment on soundcloud we're still going to be checking those too so uh oh yeah we're, we're checking all avenues of communications six million forms of them until next week may the force be with you yay Da 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 da